Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining us for the PHNX Suns post-game show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith, here with Saul Bookman and Espo. Gerald Bourget will be joining us shortly from the Footprint Center. Gentlemen, unfortunately, the Suns now have dropped six straight games after losing to the Cavaliers, 98-112. to How you feeling? You know, I think over the course of this game, um, it, it really gave me vibes of what other teams must have felt like playing the Suns, where they had to play basically perfect basketball to win a game. Yeah. And I feel like the Suns are now in that position where every little hiccup, it costs them. At mm-hmm. every single term. And guess what? I think tonight I finally realized, you know what? This is not a good basketball team. This is not a good basketball team. It just isn't. That's just what it is. Um, I know we've been watching this team play for the last 10 games, and we've not been happy. But this is I, – I keep waiting for somebody to, to to step up or, you know, mainly D.A. and, and Mikhail to, to really elevate their level of play to a whole nother level. And it just is not happening. I don't think it's going to happen. And this is the team that you have until Devin Booker and CP3 and Cam Johnson come back. And even then, by the time they come back, it might be too late. Well, I mean, and there's a chance you're without DA for time now. It looked like he rolled his ankle or hurt his foot there late in that game. So you could be running out there with one of your starting five uh, as of Tuesday. Uh, and guess what? Both games are on national television, so that'll be fun. Uh, for I think we need to make a new rule here, though. Okay. If the Suns lose by less than nine, we go to the VIP lounge. Because <laughs> I can't take that sad music anymore. I just can't. I mean, listen, I... I think maybe after like five more games, we can make that okay. call. We'll have to talk in like five <laughs> more games. Um, I, I will say this too. Somebody said it in the chat. I kind of feel the same way. DA, get rid of the fucking Pumas. They are not working for you, my man. You have hurt your leg, ankle like a freaking million times. And I just feel like season one, he was mm-hmm. he was having trouble with his shoe. And I just feel like... That's a big reason why he's hurting his, his, his self because he didn't get injured not once, not even a little hiccup when he was at the U of A. And now all of a sudden he's getting hurt basically every other month, it feels like. Well, I never understood why a big man uh, got a group of you know players that tend to get foot and ankle injuries would go with a company that was unproven, that hadn't really been in the game. It's called for as money. Long as it, I get, I get it. Puma was offering so much money. I get it. But I remember at the time talking with people, uh, you know, in the in the you know the equipment management area around the league, saying this isn't good. They don't have their shoes figured out. Like, like even leading into the season, he was wearing Nikes in the preseason because yeah. they didn't even have the the shoes ready. Like at some point, making sure I'm protecting what's going to make me money long term is more important than here's the cash that I'm I'm going to give you to wear something that may be an inferior product. I mean, at the very least, get him some high tops. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, if, my DA if, if you want him. <laughs> I, if he has to stick with Puma, then Puma needs to, if they don't have a high top, which I honestly don't know. Um, I don't know enough about what Puma's basketball shoes are like. But if they don't have a high top, then make him a high top. Yeah. He was one of their first athletes 
uh, in the NBA, I think, because his first season in the NBA was their yeah. first season in the NBA. Yeah. And I know he had a hand in helping them design those shoes. So come on, let's create a high top. Pretty sure they signed him and Marvin Bagley. Oops. And I think uh, Sky, wasn't Skylar Diggins Smith. She's also yeah, she's still athlete, with me. Right? Yeah. Uh, can we go back up to Man uh, Manuel's comment up here? Uh, he says, "Hello, five hundred, my old friend. <laughs> We've come to talk to you again because James Jones would rather be sleeping while the fans are constantly weeping with no vision and the pain of another L. Go to hell. Wow. Well done. Well what done. a great collaboration. Look at that. Look at that. I'm all about it. You write some lyrics and my man will sing them. <laughs> all right, guys. Let's dive a little bit more into this game by checking out what's in the box. Espo, break this down for us. What's in the box? Oh. A 112-98 loss to the Cavs. And really, these three things will break it down for you. Points off of turnovers. The Cavs had 25 to the Sun 16. First quarter field goal percentage, and this one really tells the story. Uh, almost 74% for the Cavs. The Sun shot 43%. And then scoring to start the fourth quarter. Cavs 17, Suns 2. And when you add that all up together, it becomes an L. Well, and not or only that, L. but also... You got to the you got to about the three minute mark or a little bit less than the three minute mark of the fourth quarter, and the Suns had only scored six points to yeah. that point. Like you're n- you're never going to win any games doing that. I had I had a pregame bet where I said that they were going to score over 105.5 points, and they were on pace to do just that in for, through the first three quarters, and then all of a sudden it just all stopped. I I'm going to go back to that point because I feel like obviously that was the run that put the the game away, but also. Yet another example of how Monty refuses to adapt his rotations. Um, you know, Jock can only Jock is good in bursts. You know, two, three, four minutes, and then you got you got you got to replace him with with Da. He can get Jock can get you sixteen to twenty minutes, but they have to be in spurts, right? Um, then the defense kind of figures them out and they they move on. I need Da to come back into these games earlier because he just makes a, a bigger impact defensively, and they bring him in. They're already down by, I think, 14 at the point where they finally bring D.A. back with seven minutes left to go. And it's like, well, the game's already over, bud. It's over. Yeah. It's too late now. You're, and you might have to see Jock play extended minutes yeah. and not be able to figure out how to how to do it in bursts with, with D.A. out. You're not going to be looking at either him or Busy starting if, if D.A. misses any significant time. It. Just stop saying it can't get worse. If anybody's saying that still, because it they it keeps finding a way to get worse. <laughs> yeah, I think so. The unfortunate part about this game and kind of what we've been dealing with for a while now, but I feel like this game specifically is that they started out really well, right? Mm-hmm. The very beginning of this game, we we're all like, "Okay, Suns came to play tonight. Really good stuff." Then they got themselves in a hole by allowing the Cavs to go on a run, which is, of course, the the field goal percentage that we just saw inside the box, shooting 74% in that first quarter of the Cavs. Like, that cannot happen. It just cannot happen. And it just kind of seems like the Suns lost their defensive spirit there in the second half of that first quarter. And again, but they outscored the Cavs in the second and the third quarter. So it's like you see moments throughout this whole game where this team was able to – 
really put some good minutes together collectively and do some really positive things. Like Mikkel Bridges was shooting so much better tonight. Obviously, Dwayne Washington Jr. had himself a pretty great game, but it's the small things like all the turnovers, constantly turning the ball over. And the surprising thing is, is when you look at turnovers committed by each team, the Suns gave up 16 turnovers and the Cavs gave up 14. But what the Cavs were able to do by taking advantage of those turnovers and turning them into the 25 points, that's like half of the game right there, if not all of the game right there. And Luis Lucedo gives us a super chat to go right into your point, Lindsay. $1.99. Suns were zero for 1,000 on transition offense. Yeah. Absolutely. They were not able to take advantage of those turnovers and lead to points. Um, a lot of, you know, uh, there was a, a tremendous amount of extra passing unnecessarily tonight. Mm-hmm. Guys that had the open shot, or even worse, guys that were open but not in a position to shoot because they're tech, they just weren't ready. Like Dario Saric had a, multiple opportunities on the wing that if he would just squared up and been ready for the ball, he would have been able to shoot and score. Um, Dwayne Wash or uh, I'm sorry, Ish Wainwright in the corner for whatever reason has a wide open three, doesn't take it from his sweet spot in the corner, passes it back out, turns it over immediately. They go down and get a dunk on the other end. Those are the kinds of things when you're a bad basketball team that you cannot afford to do, and you start to second guess yourself mm-hmm. and you start to hurt your team. Well, I think that was a lot of what went on in that first quarter after that initial run was overthinking happened again in that fourth quarter where at the beginning of the game at the beginning of that first quarter they were running they were they were reacting they weren't thinking it was a lot of you know running gun really was was what it what it was you're getting quick baskets where you didn't have to go into that half court offense and try to run a bunch of plays you were just going out there and getting getting those easy buckets and when they had to slow it down they started having to to think through things and they overthought in a lot of ways, which tends to happen when you're playing guys significant minutes that don't usually get those significant minutes yeah. or aren't used to playing against starters, starter level guys as well. And that's what we talked about the other night too, by the way, is, you know, it, I, I know it, Espo was a doubter of, of uh, Dwayne Washington last game. Um, and I, and I said, he just needs more time. He needs more. It, it takes, like, listen, he's used to maybe right now at this point, he's used to playing like somewhere between five to 15 minutes yeah. a night. Well, guess what? That load's going to increase. And as that increases, your body has to adjust and get used to playing more minutes. It looked like he was a little gassed in the fourth quarter to a degree. He gave you a lot of great energy and a lot of buckets in the third quarter and gave you the the only lead that basically you had in the entire second half tonight on an 8-0 run that he did all by himself. Like, mm-hmm. you just need more time for some of these guys to get rolled so so i will say this as a as a bright spot i will say this this is not very great and and this is not a good string of basketball that we're seeing from the suns however the more these guys get minutes the more these guys start to get into those those kind of um rhythms um i think that could be better in the long run for the suns like to be honest with you like if jock can get the three-point shot going um, then that changes the dynamic of this team as well when everybody comes back healthy. But it's we're a long ways from there right but now. But can we talk about the starting lineup in that first quarter? Sure, they got out to the fast start. But when you look at Torrey Craig, Dario Sarge, and Landry Shamit, the three that aren't your normal starters, I mean, they were abysmal tonight. That They were 7 of, of 20 tonight from the floor for a combined 19 points. 
Like uh, Sarich and and Tori in particular, uh, Sarich was one of three. Tori was two of six. Like I I get that these are guys that aren't used to starting. I get that Tori Craig hustles. I get that everybody loves Dario Sarich. But at some point, try something different, please. We've seen these guys get in the starting lineup and fail at doing it. Give me something different. Give me a different look because I think that's a big reason why you gave up 74% shooting and after the fast start, the bottom completely fell out again. I I need something different at this point. I would like to see Dwayne Washington Jr. in the starting lineup if Chris Paul remains out for a while because – so I knew he was young, but I didn't realize how young he was until I looked it up tonight – He's 22 years old. Mm -hmm. He has a lot of raw talent. And I feel like now this is a big ask. Okay, I understand this. If Monty and this coaching staff, if Chris Paul does have to miss a certain amount of time, commits to utilizing this stretch of games to helping him develop, helping him really hone in and understand how important it is for him not to make careless mistakes like turning over the ball and things of that nature, I think there's something there with D-Wash that could potentially be a a positive for us long-term in terms of, like, speaking of the positive of these guys having to play all these games without any of the starters. Like, if they commit to saying, okay, D-Wash is going to be our starter until Chris Paul and Campaign are back, even when Campaign comes back, maybe he still continues to start. I don't know. Just to see if there is something that you can develop there because what if D-Wash, like you said today, and you said earlier in the season, what if D-Wash could be your backup point guard? Yeah, I mean, listen, I I, I, I want to say so, – I want to address what Espo just said as well, it, kind of both at the same time. You know, I think one of the reasons why Monty doesn't make full-scale changes and, like, overhaul the whole starting unit, you know, for the most part and, and kind of sticks with the same thing basically over and over again is because of two things. One, maybe he just doesn't trust the guys behind him which okay cool whatever i think the other thing is is i think that signals to your team that you're in extreme panic mode and i think he doesn't want to give that off quite yet because i know they're 20 and 21 but again the west is still there to be able to to get into the playoffs and you're not completely screwed yet right so i think that those two i'm just playing i'm just i'm just Throwing a caveat out there, just a you know, what if? I'm not saying that's it. I I agree with you. I want to see some some some. I think strategic changes, like D. Wash being in the starting lineup as opposed to coming off the bench when clearly Landry Shamit is not your answer at point guard. So try calculated moves, but not full scale changes as well. I, I, I get what I get what you're saying, especially you know Shamit and Craig. Those are guys he trusts, but Darius Harch is a guy that literally didn't play a minute for long stretches, yeah, right, yeah. was was on mothballs. We all thought he was actually getting traded. He yeah. played so few games at one point. And then you put him in, in the starting lineup. To me, that almost signals more of a panic move than going, hey, Jock, we want to see what you can do next to next to DA or, or, or even you know, just putting D. Wash in that starting lineup because he had – a 31-point game this year, or 30-point game this year. To me, I start to wonder how good is Monty really with young guys? And not only that, but how good is Monty with change? Monty can be a good coach when he figures out something that works, but being able to adjust on the fly, like if he was to throw Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of changes into the starting unit, 
I don't know that he trusts himself to be able to handle that throughout a game. Well, and he's not good at in-game adjustments. Right. Either. We've so, seen that. So this to me, I hate to say it, but look at McHale, look at DA from when Monty came till now. Have we seen huge growth in either of those guys? And you could argue in some areas you've seen regression from DA. Some I mean, areas you've seen growth. Yeah, some, but we have not seen the major growth that we want to see mm -hmm. from those guys. And and then the the unwillingness to try young guys. Dwayne Washington Jr. Right now he's been he's been hesitant. Last year was Aaron Holiday. Uh, you know, even some would argue Jalen Smith didn't get yeah. his chance. I'm not one of those, but some people would argue that here uh, as well. So at what point? Do we start wondering about Monty and the youth, and is that part of of the equation? Especially at this point, you're down to, uh, I mean, scraping the bottom of the barrel. So you gotta you gotta trust anybody that's playing well enough to to try to get you the win. You know. Well, and then it, you know when you talk about the options that the Suns have, I'll tell you this. You know, I know everybody's talking about. Well, maybe you should try some guys on a ten day here and there, right? The lower and lower you go in these standings and just in overall losing, um, the less likely you're going to be able to pull in a, a 10 day that might be worthy of, of time because they're going to want to go to a franchise. Maybe that, that is more um, ready to win right now. Maybe right. Like, like a nuggets if the nuggets needed a backup point guard or something like that. Maybe, maybe that's the scenario instead of coming to the Suns, who might not even make the playoffs at this point. Well, and yeah, I, and I get that. And we heard, Tom Leander, who was filling in on the broadcast for Kevin Ray, say he was talking with James Jones before the game, and James was kind of explaining they didn't want to tie up the 15th roster spot unless in, in case they had to make a, a deal in trade-wise that brought in uh, one more player than you were uh, than you were sending out. And he also said, you know, that these 10 days, it usually takes them four or five days to just get comfortable mm -hmm. Uh, in your system and understand it where they can actually play. So to me, that that says don't expect the cavalry to come through a 10-day. Uh, so now we're sitting here and wondering about, okay, trades again. Where What's realistic? Can anything happen? I, I would not sit here holding my breath hoping somebody else is going to come in and save the day, unless it's somebody coming back from injury at this point. On the positive side, <laughs> maybe that means James Jones is actually trying to move Jay Crowder right now. Well, we've heard a bunch of a bunch of rumors, but maybe. we haven't seen any God, anything. A lot of smoke and absolutely <laughs> no fire uh, so far. But look, I I don't want. I know this is all negative right now, right? And and Saul brought this up before the show with me, saying, "Hey." It's not all negative, though. You got to look at there are guys coming back, right? When Devin Booker comes back, when Cam Johnson comes back, CP3 campaign. I mean, the now maybe DA, but at some point, you expect at least a majority of those guys to come back healthy. And right now, you just have to find a way to keep it salvageable mm -hmm. because with as bunched up as it is, eventually those guys can come back and help and get you to a place where you're you're back in the playoff picture. And I said it the other night, if there ever was an NBA season where some team could go 
41 and 41, sneak into the play-in and then run the table, it would be this drunk-ass NBA season <laughs> because this one makes no sense whatsoever so far. Speaking of drunk, if you want to come hang out with us and our presenting partners of our inaugural PH Next Tea Party, our friends for Peaks, you guys should absolutely pick up your tickets for this watch party slash tea party that is happening at Dobson Ranch Golf Course this Friday the 13th. This is going to be a lot of fun. So we are renting out the entire driving range. You guys, anybody who buys a ticket will get clubs and balls to have a great time on the driving range. We're also going to be showing Suns vs. Timberwolves on all of the screens out there. Um, and then we'll be doing our shows from that place mm -hmm. as well. So this is super fun. Not only do you get to play some golf and watch some suns, but you get to hang out with fellow diehards. We get to have these conversations together. Yeah. Uh, whether we're winning or we're losing, <laughs> we're there for one another. That's like half the battle, right? Um, in addition to all of that, there's going to be uh, games and prizes and contests and food and beverages um, some of our partners will be out there, like I mentioned, Four Peaks, but we also have OGs is coming out to hang out with us. Plus, kids 10 and under play free. There's a youth clinic that we have for them as well. And everyone who gets a ticket will also receive one free hour of range time at Dobson Ranch that you can use at a later date. So if you have not picked up your tickets or reserved your spot, click the link in the description today to do that again that's this upcoming Friday, the 13th, as the Suns take on the Timberwolves. So. We'll, have, we'll have a long, uh, longest drive contest. We'll have a closest to the pin contest. We'll have a putt-putt contest. So if you want to come out and get come some on, work home. from your boy, come get these hands. <laughs> <laughs> and four people out there, and they're giving out free samples, too. Yes. So it'll be a lot of fun. Okay, we've talked a lot about Dwayne Washington Jr. Um, he had a really great night. I think he deserves to be named our draft king, king of the game. Dwayne Washington Jr. finished with 25 points on 9 of 18 from the field. He was 5 of 6 from deep. Congratulations to D-Wash. He also had three assists in there, which was the same amount of assists that Andrew Shamit had. Um, so shout out to D-Wash. He had himself a great game, and I think, I think he can put together more games like this and hopefully just limit some of the mistakes like the turnovers. He did have four. But this could be a bright spot for us. D. Wash could be the guy who we're like, in times of deep sorrow and injury to your team, what it gives opportunity to somebody else. Yeah, listen, D. Wash I, can be our guy. The thing with D. Wash is, is that he's not shy, and no. he's not afraid no. to, to to shoot. Like uh, you know, like we had mentioned a couple other times, the guys passing up good shots because they're trying to be a team player. It, honestly, it makes me feel like they're just scared of the moment. Um, D. Wash does not have any fear. He will come at you. Uh, he he went to the basket several times. You know, obviously, he, he shot very well from the, from three. Uh, he's all over the place, and I love that. I love that about his his lack of uh, fear. Though one thing, as you pointed to, he's got to take better control of the ball. Mm -hmm. He's got to he's got to he's got, he can't turn the ball over as many times as he is. And then also, um, it's not even just the turnovers because even when he doesn't turn the ball over, there's times where he passes the ball in a in a kind of delayed from time to time. And when he does that, he draws his own teammate away from the basket and away from the three-point line, thus putting them out of position so they can't run their offense as efficiently as they normally can. You never see Chris Paul do that. That's what makes Chris Paul so great. So, and, and D-Wash will learn as he watches tape and gets better. But overall, he was the de he was the best player for the Suns tonight, without a doubt. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's, that's a youth thing, right? Yes. 22, 
uh, not having run this offense a lot, uh, you know, and getting the opportunity experience cures a lot of that. Like I'm okay with some, some of those mistakes from D wash, but I do like, especially when he's hitting them. Uh, but I, I do like that. He's not afraid to take those shots because when you're missing so much of your offensive firepower, some guy has to come out and have the balls. And I know it was, I was hard on him uh, the other night because he shot poorly, uh, but this is this is the potential with him, and and I think we're gonna it's gonna ebb and flow a little bit. We'll see games like the other night. We'll see games like this. But at this point, let's see what the the kid has. Let's see the growth. I you know I, I if if CP three is out, that changes everything, right? It's not like CP three's there and then you know this guy just gives this guy the minutes if nobody else is there. I will also say this. Um... There's people in the chat right now that are on Landry Shamit. Man, hell is freezing over right now. Um, I actually didn't think Landry Shamit was all that terrible tonight. Um, I am actually kind of enjoying the fact that when Landry does shoot, it seems like he's he's slowed the game down a little bit on his shot, mm-hmm. um, thus making him far more efficient. Um, he, he he just needs to be he just needs to honestly shoot a little bit more to be honest yeah. with you without rushing it play within the context of the offense. But tonight, like when I watch the game or if I think about the game and there's points where I can't even remember if Landry Shamit was in the lineup, that's a problem. That's a problem if you're a player and I can say that about you. You have to stand out and Landry needs to do things more than just shoot. He needs to make an impact on defense. He's not a bad defensive player. I thought Landry was 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 decent tonight. He just needed to be better than he was because that, that's what this team needs. Hey, uh, Emma, do we have a thermometer over there because – I think Saul might need to go on health and safety protocols. That <laughs> no. was that was something nice about Shamit on a night that he shot four of fourteen. I didn't think. So, he, I, I thought I, I thought every shot that he took was was a was a good shot. I was I was kind of happy with the way he was playing tonight. What what is going on? <laughs> I'm scared. Please send help. Now, During I do the think game D-Wa- too, he even said, "I'd like to see Landry Shamit and D Wash playing together too." Yeah, I think so too. Like, why not? I like where your head's at, Saul. He, Saul really did come in in the pregame show. Was like, I'm gonna be positive tonight. Why do I feel like Saul's trolling everybody? Right now? <laughs> was this a massive troll job that, like, a week from now you're gonna be like, psych, I got all of you. <laughs> Listen, I I know four for fourteen. You know what, Devin Booker's shot has had horrible games before too. That doesn't mean he's not a good player. Uh, Landry Shamit wasn't great tonight. Again, I think that it, that's also a product of so much. You know, listen, the there's not a lot of options for Landry Shamit when he has the ball, right? So when you shoot and you're one of the better shooters, they're going to key in on you. Same thing with D-Wash right now. Like, they're going to key in on you. I think if those two played together, which, again, that's one of those simple adjustments we're talking about that Monty could make just to see what these two can do together, right? We saw that for maybe like one or two minutes. It's crazy. You got you to gotta try that more because those are your two best shooters on the court. Like they're better uh, shooters than Mikhail. Maybe that's why how, he's keeping him separate. Right how now. far we've <laughs> fallen with the phrase Landry Shamit and Dwayne Washington Jr. are the two best shooters we have. I'm I not mean, knocking on it's the truth. I'm just it, it's amazing where we are sitting right now that that is the case. And I agree yeah. with you though. Oh, if you play how the mighty have fallen. If you play <laughs> if you play Dwayne and Landry at the same time, your hope is it frees one of the two up to get better looks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So congratulations one more time to D wash for being our king of the game. Um, unfortunately there are no moral victories as far as 
any of us winning our DraftKings bets of the game that we selected in the pregame show. I was really bummed about this one. I mean, listen, I will say the two of you went big as far as your bets. Like, Espo, you had the first bucket being a Suns three-pointer. So that's a tough by one. a few feet. That, that's a, a tough one. And then, Saul, <laughs> you had a same-game parlay. I did. Of... The Suns winning, yep. scoring at least uh, over 105.5 And the total over under being under 213, which that's yeah. the only thing I got right tonight. And I went with the Mikkel Bridges over four and a half rebounds. I mean, I knew this one was going to be a little bit of a stretch since he'd only done it one time in the last 10 games. But I figured since that one time was against the Cavs, maybe we'd see it again tonight. But nope, nope. We, Mikhail decided not to get very many rebounds We tonight. need to get that prices right. Wah, 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 wah. I know. Oh, like this is a bummer. So where are we sitting on the leaderboard perspective right now, Emma? Yikes. Saul's at a minus 40. <laughs> when does Saul start to lose that smile in his picture? <laughs> right, does your face just start to turn into a frown? Wow. <laughs> I am, I'm up 51 and Espo is up 12. So this looked a lot better in the pregame show for all of us. Um, but that's where we're at. If you guys have not downloaded the DraftKings Sportsbook app yet, be sure to do so and sign up using that promo code PHNX. Because when you use that code, you can place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That is code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. We did have a super chat. This super chat is from Trevor. Trevor, thank you for your super chat. Said, I don't get how DA and Mikel don't want to be that guy when Book is out. Great time to feel like an all-star. If it was me, hypothetically, I'd love to please the crowd the way Book does by being that guy. Uh, it I think it's time to realize that there's some guys that love ball. Um, and I think there's some guys that are obsessed with ball. Okay. The great ones are obsessed. I mean, all the time working on your game, asking questions, trying to figure out how to get better. I think Mikhail and DA love ball, but they're not obsessed with it. Okay. And that's the difference between them and, and Booker. Um, and, and it always will be, uh, listen, you either have it in your DNA or you don't, especially once you've hit year five, like there is no more excuses that you can give to either one of these two guys. Like they're just, they're good players. They're not great players. They're not phenomenal players. They're not game changing players. Um, and you know, listen, DA tried tonight. Like he, he came out, he shot quite a bit in the first quarter. It wasn't falling, but like, 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 uh, EJ said, he thought that DA should have shot 25 times tonight. And I agree because you got to be the alpha out there, but he doesn't have that in him and neither does Mikhail. And that's that. Yeah. I mean, there are great role players in this game and there's nothing wrong with being one of those unless you don't have your, your stars out there. And then, also but, when you're getting paid, getting paid a max, like look, if you think you are a max player and I think DA can be, if he wants to be, but if you think you are a max player, then you should act like you're a max player. I mean, how, many, how many times have we said if he wants to be? I know. You know what I'm saying? But like, that's the thing that pisses me off is that you say it and then we, then the money gets given to you however it played out. You still got the money. So now just be, just but, do it. But he doesn't have that in him. Just and he didn't have it. he didn't have that in him before either. He just didn't. Yeah, I mean the playoff the playoff run was the worst thing that could have ever happened to the Suns. Cuz it gave them a glimpse of what was possible. 
and for and, and for whatever reason that period of time da was on another level and we all assumed that he had taken this major step forward but then he came back to the mean and he is who he is at this point and i don't See, i don't expect too much differently i think every now and then he's going to give you a 30 point game and he's going to he's going to look beast mode and you're going to get excited and then he's going to fall back to averaging 18 and 10 which is not bad it's a good player but he's that, just not great that's the thing that pisses me off though is like how are you going to give us glimpses of it show us what you did in the finals and then not do that on a consistent it's, basis because it's situational for him that's not it's fair situational because he doesn't I don't ha- want it he doesn't have the skills or the <laughs> tool sets to be able to dominate by himself at any given point in time he has to rely on the team to set him up or action to be run for him to be able to be put in good positions to be able to score and play at a high level. And that's that. Like, he doesn't – Gerald has said it multiple times. What the fuck is going on today? Why am I agreeing with Gerald right now? <laughs> Gerald has said it multiple times about how he doesn't have the total skill sets to be able to dominate at the level that he needs to dominate for the for the the first, you know, first overall pick. He doesn't add to his bag as much as he needs to. He has progressed offensively with moves here and there, but it's not enough to really overcome the difference of losing a Devin Booker. Look, I mean, it's a it's a matter of perspective, right? If if your expectation for DA wasn't he's going to be a superstar, then he's a very good center. But everybody thought he was going to be the number two star. We heard Shaq, Shaq and Kobe, and Kobe talk, right? Like, if you're going to talk like that and you don't back it up, I mean, let's be honest, Devin has done everything in his power to become a, a great two guard in this league. Uh, and, and when he's healthy, probably the best two guard in this league right now. DeAndre Ayton didn't hold up his side of the bargain. And I don't think he's ever going to. He's going to be a very good player that gets you a double-double on most nights and every once in a while flashes, right? Shows a good game. And and we have to accept that. But right now, there's no – I feel like there's no leader here, right? There's no guy that just says, I got you. I'm taking care of this. I even Even, even from an emotional leadership standpoint on that court, it feels like Devin Booker – left such a vacuum, and not one guy has been able to fill it in any particular way. And that's worrisome to me, too, because even if even if you're not necessarily the guy that's going to dominate on the floor, there's guys that can lift their teammates to another, another level with who they are, the energy they bring, uh, what they're able to, to say in the huddle, those kind of things. And I don't feel the Suns have that guy right now either. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't... Listen, like overall, you know that this team wants to win, but it I mean, doesn't. So does every team in the yeah, NBA, though. But it doesn't. Have, to Esso's point, there's not one player on this team who, who like, I don't know. I want to see some. I want to see some emotion. There's, there's not one player on this team. Let's just say it like this. There's not one player on this team that if you were on the outside and the Suns were in town. And you saw that roster that you'd be like, ooh, I need to go see this guy play. Like you would yeah. for Devin Booker. Yes, that's true. And that's the problem. But there's not any ticket ticket sellers on this this roster as it is as it currently stands without Devin Booker. Not even CP3 at this point. Like and we all thought it was going to be a dynamic duo for the next decade. And I feel like we're starting to get to that point now where we're like, I don't, I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think it's gonna happen. 
how much of this, and we've talked about this in the past, uh, but I'm I'm really feeling it right now. How much of this is this Suns team has taken on the personality of Monty Williams? Because Monty <laughs> Williams is even keel, don't don't get, you know, overly never too high, never, never too, too low. low. Listen, I want to see some emotion. I want to see some guys out there angry as hell that they've lost six games in a row. Espo tweeted something today and I almost wanted to slap him for it. But now I'm like, okay, what the fuck? Maybe I am on board. Kelly Oubre, you were like, you know what? We're at the point of the season right now where I don't think this is such a bad idea. <laughs> and I it, was a staunch. This is the you, dumbest shit I've heard. You want to talk about emotion. Come on over to the dark if, side, If there guys. was nothing else that I loved about Kelly Oubre, it was the fact that he yes. brought it on the court emotionally every single night. I don't think he's a great fit, but at this point, you're a losing basketball team. You're below 500. (laughs) What else do you got to lose? Now, he's injured right now, so it's irrelevant, but still, like, they need somebody to give them some emotion, but I would agree. I would agree that this team Mm -hmm. very much mirrors not only Monty, but also CP3. Doesn't get get very emotional out on the court. Booker doesn't get very yeah, emotional book, on the court, book does. except at the refs. He gets well, mad at the he refs. Fl- he flexes no, but, and stuff. But, like, book, book talks shit all the time. He literally never shuts up. When you're yeah. there and you hear, yeah. look, how many guys around the league are like, Book is that dude who literally never stops chirping. Devin's got the emotion. He definitely does. How many times he yelled as, a te- as his teammates? Not in like an angry way, but like got on them. Like, I don't even really see, like, these guys getting on each other or trying to, like, hype each other up or anything like that either. It just feels like it's just, like, blah. Hmm. Eh. And I I don't care if somebody's an irrational leader, right? Everybody's run into this person that isn't in a position of power, doesn't really have the resume, but will try to lead, right? Because it's their personality. This group, nobody has the resume necessarily right now, but... but I want somebody that just has the personality, an irrational confidence guy. Okay. You know, a I guy that angry, angry book. I agree. Angry <laughs> yeah. book is is a thing for sure. I got you. I got you. Yeah, like I, I would love, I would love Monty to, just finally go. You know what? I'm I'm pissed off. Like I, it shows some emotion, and 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 show these guys it's okay to get fired up because you're at a point where you almost need that to feed off of to get you through and get you over this hump because you can't do it on raw talent right now. You need something to drive that, to fuel that they need it. You talk about that. Yeah. Can what happened? It? Yeah. Oh, so uh, Gerald Borgay gave us an update on DA. He said, Deandre Aiden said he tweaked his left ankle landing on somebody's foot said it feels like a day to day thing, but also added, and I kind of like this, that he's not letting any ankle hold him back right now, which means he's probably going to try and push through it. Which means he's then going to injure himself further, like everybody else. Well, yeah, because it's it's his left ankle, and isn't that the same ankle that he had issues with early on in the season? Yeah, but you know, at this point, what what what's he going to do? Like this team needs him. Or you just if Da's out, then you just need to sit Mikel and just all the starters are done. They need five days of rest, at least, and just let these guys do whatever they want to do. What would be more surprising, Monty dropping an F-bomb or Lindsay doing it again? Monty, for sure. That's my... 100%. Somebody in the chat, hello, said Monty swears for the first time. Wait, did he swear tonight? No, but I'm saying, I think hello's saying they need something like that. Because right now, 
it can't just feel like normal. And a lot of the quotes we've seen out of there is things are kind of just status quo. Oh, we're going to just keep doing our thing. We're going to work. No, this is a time where all hands on deck, figure something out and dig deep. You need to find something you've never found before. You need a, a you know, a Landry Sham at 35 pointer or just for our benefit. But, you know, you need guys like that. You need a Josh Kogi to have an irrational game. Anything to get you guys over the hump. Because I think if they win a game, they break this streak, these guys may may feel a little bit more comfortable. You start pressing a little bit and, and you overthink a little bit more when you're in a losing streak like this. Yeah. I don't know. <sighs> this is just a really upsetting stretch of games and all the injuries that we're dealing with like I'm not going to make full excuses but at the same time you are missing guys on this team who make a very 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 big difference like this is not a champion if we if this was the team we came into the season with that we're playing with right now nobody would have had expectations for this team you know no but I'm also not going to start saying if only we had uh, Devin no, Booker, if no. only we hadn't this guy. No, this is the way no. the league goes. So go out there and figure out a way to do it. Yeah. I mean, every team has dealt with injuries. Yeah, and yeah. like we said, like we're not going to be those other squads that sit there and cry about their stars being out. Hey, it is what it is. You got to get through it. Find a way. I would like to cry um, about it. Also, I like this comment just a little bit above from where to go. Michael. Oh, man. Michael? The farm one. The farm one. Yeah. yeah that's I, Michael. I, scroll, I, yeah. scroll the other Michael way. Michael said, yeah. quote, can't get too comfy on the farm. Well, Monty, the farm is on fire and the animals ran away. <laughs> you are no yeah. longer a farmer. You're just a dude with a burnt down house. All right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, you shouldn't get too comfortable on the farm, but you can get comfortable in your more furniture. Yeah. Just like we are here at PHNX. If you guys want some comfortable furniture that also looks really good for your home or your office. Highly recommend you check out our friends over at More Furniture. They also offer a white glove delivery, which we receive for our offices here. Takes like the, that's the only hard part about buying furniture, right? Is like trying to get into your house and setting it all up and all those things. Pivot. Pivot. You ain't got to do that with More Furniture because they will take care of it for you. You can save big on the best furniture in the Valley when you head to morefurniture.com. That's M-O-R furniture.com. Uh, you know, I know you like the comfort of these chairs, but I love the comfort of winning and fantasy f- sports. Uh, and when I do this on the underdog app, I usually win. I'm actually 2-0 and in uh, said leagues right now because I beat the PHNX tailgate guys, whopped them. And then um, I beat the, the PHNX Coyotes uh, folks, and I don't know shit about hockey. So uh, I'm undefeated, and it's an awesome app. You should use it too. Uh, it's easy to get started. Go to the underdogfantasy.com or go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with promo code PHNX, and Underdog will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. You can do a live instant draft. It's so much fun. All you have to do is set up the league, and then you can text all the people you want in your draft the link, and then they jump in, they put their bets in, and then you start drafting within like five minutes, and it takes like less than five minutes to do it. And it's fun, and it makes each game night um, exciting, and it gives you something to do during the game, especially in a game like this when it didn't go your way on the scoreboard, but it does go your way in your pocket. I feel like we need to maybe just start doing this with the girthlings in pregame so we all have something to <laughs> root for during the game. Maybe, I mean, that could be kind of a fun idea. Up. I'm not mad at this idea. Um, also, I know, listen, it's kind of 
not an ideal time to be watching Suns games, but Suns games are still really fun to go in person. I heard today that everyone was saying, despite how bad the team has been playing, and then obviously the lulls in the game today, it was a really solid crowd. That's everything I heard on Twitter was that the crowd tonight was still a heck of a lot of fun, and it's enjoyable to be at these games. Also, our friends at Game Time can help you save 60% on your tickets when you buy them last minute. So if you are planning to check out a Suns game or any other sporting event or concert, highly recommend you use the Game Time app because, like I said, you can save up to 60% on tickets when you buy last minute, and it helps us out a lot. And the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description of the show, whether you are watching it on YouTube or listening to it on whatever platform you listen to your podcast on, the link will be in the description. So check it out if you are in the market for some tickets to sporting events or concerts. It's a heck of a lot of fun. Can I uh, mention one thing real quick? Yes. Um, I'm trying to find a row. Oh, sorry. I lost my, I lost my train of thought. Uh, Hello said someone broke into my car. They didn't stay only thing. Just left son's tickets. Yeah. Hey so, um, Eli, has mentioned this several times on several different shows, and I keep forgetting to go back to it. But thank you, Eli, for giving us the shout out. Yes, we did hit 8,000 subscribers on our YouTube oh, channel. Yeah. Thank you so much for acknowledging that. We appreciate you. Um, and if you haven't subscribed to this channel, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, hook us up. It's easy. You get all the great content, and we're going to obviously, we're going to have to diversify our approach because. We didn't expect the Suns to be so bad. <laughs> so uh, you can look forward to new, different content as we move forward. Uh, hopefully, it'll be in an optimistic uh, prism because losing sucks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Frank says, where can I, we get some Disney on ice tickets? I think he's joking. You can get them on game time yeah, for, really for 25 bucks. I just looked. Yeah, so. for sure. <laughs> um, all right. So we have another super chat. This one is from Trevor again. Thank you, Trevor, for your super chat. Said so Kelly was looking like a number two before he got injured. So that's the only unfortunate thing about like, well, depending on what side of the fence you're on, as far as Kelly goes, is that he did get injured. I think he had to have some sort of a procedure done because we saw a picture recently. A ligament. Yeah, of him in a, a what looked on like a hospital hand. bed. Um, so even if the Suns were to trade for Kelly or wanted to, we would still take a little while to get him in yeah, action. I don't think you could too. trade for players that are injured. Well, you'd have to waive the physical. Look, they're never going to waive the physical. Stop. Forecast. Stop thinking about trades. That's, that's not going to happen. Just stop in general. I in think. general? I don't think you can stop in general because I think you have pieces right now that, to be honest with you, you probably look at them in a different light at this point. Oh, I'm not saying – I think the desire's there. I still don't know that what, what, if anything, they can actually do. And that's the thing that – again, I said I said in, in, in pregame, but – you're you're in the waiting room right now. I like in in Beetlejuice. This is this is basketball purgatory because you can't make a move to try to help yourself, and you got to try to wait for uh you know for these guys to come back. And while you're waiting, you've got to watch yourself slowly slide down those standings as well. It, it this is why it's so frustrating. I think for everybody involved right now is because there is no recourse at the moment. So, Espo, in the pregame show, I know we did look at the standings and kind of where the Suns were. Do we have – did it we move do. at all since it this did. game with this loss? Yes. The Suns slid. I mean, not not massively, but they moved from where they were sitting at uh, tied for seventh with Golden State. They've now fallen down. Minnesota won. So now they're in a, in a deadlock for eighth 
and the Suns of Minnesota play uh, later this or on Friday. Uh, this, our watch th- party this week. Uh, now that we're moving in into the new week, so that could become a big game. Portland is now uh, just a half a game back. Uh, the Lakers dropped one, so they're they're there. They're sitting in the mix, but. I don't. I get that we don't want to panic because of where the standings are, but I think you seriously have to look at it because the reality is how far down do you fall before Devin Booker comes back, before Cam Johnson comes back, before you have the opportunity to start winning at a high clip again? Because I still believe that when you get these guys back healthy, you could rattle off seven in a row, but does that seven in a row put you back in 10th? In or does it put you back in the middle of the pack? And that's what we're staring at. I honestly think that at this point with this team, you're just looking to get in. You get in, whether it's a plan or not, you just get in. And I think once you get in, I, I think the Suns I think there. the Suns will be, be good enough to take care of business, at least to get to the actual round of eight. But, um, you know, that's a long road. And we've seen funnier things happen in those playing tournaments. So, uh, yeah. I would love to see them get to seventh. So all they'd have to do is win that win one, one to get in at, yeah. at home that's that's my goal right now and i know it it sounds ridiculous because we started off with you know even winning being the being the best team in the west right now i'm like just be close enough to get you that seventh spot get that easy first win quote unquote easy and get into that two seven matchup and then roll the dice see what happens at that point we still got 41 games? 41 now. We are exactly at the halfway point. We are below 500 team at the halfway point. It is pretty wild. Um, They still got plenty of time to try and right the ship, um, but uh, it's getting a little bit more and more desperate each and every game. So uh, let's go, Suns, please. This is a weird spot to be in because, like, I can see both sides of the coin here. Like, I totally understand the fans who – don't have faith in this team, even when Devin Booker comes back because of where we might Mm -hmm. be, the position we might be in when he does come back. Um, The fans who are like, well, one consolation prize is potentially getting a higher pick in this year's draft, which is a pretty good draft. And then on the other side, you have people who are like, as long as we can win three games until Devin comes back, maybe we'll be able to get ourselves into that playing spot, if not a little bit above it, because it is just so crazy how wild everything is in the West. I, I had a dream about this the other oh. day, and maybe that's why I'm so positive right now. Maybe. So I had a dream that we did get – we actually lost as the seventh seed, and we had to play that extra game, and then we ended up locking the eighth seed, and then we had to play the Nuggets in the first round, and we beat them. Uh, and then if that happened in actual in actuality, if we beat the Nuggets in the first round, would anybody care about how the regular season went? Nope, not even a little bit. I feel like the DMVR wouldn't be happy, but I know your your dream has you thinking positively. Do you think honestly that even full health, like right now, that the team can handle the pressure? That's what most people in the chat are talking about: is the pressure of a playing game or the pressure of a first round against a team that maybe they're not expected to be beating. Yeah, I I think at at, at two shots. Two shots at, at getting into the tournament. Yeah, I think I don't think that they would they would blink an eye at that at all. I think that they got the 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 maturity. They got Devin Booker and CP3 who have been there, done that. Not in the play in, but they they're experienced basketball players. And so, I, if Devin Booker was healthy, I would be I'd be confident. 
I'm just, I love you, Girthlings, but those of you saying, well, they shouldn't make the play and they shouldn't make the, the playoffs, why would you want to do that? Because you can't win if you don't play. And the, <laughs> fan, the, the, the fact that we can sit here after 11, no, 11 seasons not making the playoffs, sitting there dealing with all that crap, and be able to go, nah, let's not make the playoffs. No, I want every playoff berth you can get. Any chance you can get in the dance. And this may be your last run with CP3. So get in and see if you can catch lightning in a bottle and and do what you can. Okay. I'd rather, much rather have, even if it's just one game, that than, oh, well, we're going to have the 14th draft pick and maybe the lottery balls will fall our way. I'm yeah, done yeah. with that. That's loser mentality. Yeah, I agree with that, but Like, you got to take as many bites of the apple as possible. Like, and you can't waste, as Espo would say, you can't waste a Devin Booker year. And you just never know how these playoffs will, will go. Like, you just don't. Like, especially this year with basically what, what, what my man up in the chat said, the West cannibalizing itself. Yeah. Like, the, because the West is so neutral for the most part, the Suns are still going to be there. Even if, they, even if they drop another 10 in a row. They still have 30 games if Devin Booker comes back, and let's just say they go 24-6 and six down the stretch, which could happen. We've seen this team do that. that. I mean, last year that would have been a bad, almost a bad stretch. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, it's it's not the it's not the craziest thing in the world to, to, to think that could happen. Code giving me crap saying that's that's how you start a cycle of, of bad, you know, a bad mindset. It is, he says, Espo, it's called no man's land. And it creates a cycle. No, this isn't you built a roster that is going to perpetually be in an eighth, ninth, tenth spot. This is you got decimated by injuries. And before that, you were winning. So I don't look at it as creating a cycle. I look at it as saying, I'm not I, I'm not willing to go back and and be not in the playoffs. Emma, anymore. can you bring up those standings graphics one more time before we, we move on to the next one? Okay. Can you, we see that? You made her sound like the Suns, like the yeah. crap in the bridges. So, so like, let's go back to this. Code is saying chance at Wimbayama or chance at an eighth or seventh seed. Um, the standings right now, let's just say Phoenix dropped all the way to 12, okay? You still have Oklahoma City, San Antonio, Houston, not to mention the East Coast teams that would be still ahead of you. You'd have to leapfrog like eight teams just to, to, and hope that the ball fell your way. Like, that's just not happening. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I, We're not I getting Wembenyama. Oh, oh, well, you could have a 1.3% chance to get Wembenyama. Yeah, well, if I get in the playoffs uh, as an 8 seed. I have a 1.3% chance of winning the championship. Or more. Like, I'm, I'm going to take my flyer on winning a championship at that percentage than I am that I'm going to get Wembenyama. All right, everybody. Gerald's here. Oh, that's not how we do this intro. Yeah, but then she plays the intro. That's the cue to play the intro. Hit it, Emma. We never say that. Yeah, huh? In the darkness. We never say that. Yes, we Beyond do. the light. We never say Gerald's here. There shall only be one. This is the intro to Welcome Gerald's here. You <laughs> Hi, Gerald. How are you doing? I'm doing great, minus the alarm that's sounding behind me. How are you guys? What's going on? They what? hit the panic button? Oh, no. <laughs> I think we all did. There's a there's an alarm coming out of the Jumbotron, so if it starts coming down behind me, please someone let me know. You're not directly oh, okay. under it, are you? No, I, I think I'm far enough back to be okay. 
Okay. All right. Cool. Okay. So, Gerald, a couple things. Obviously, first thing first, I, we saw that you had tweeted out about DA's ankle. How are you feeling about that situation? Yeah, I, I honestly, we're going to see what's on the injury report tomorrow. He did say that Yanmani confirmed that he tweets his left angle. He landed on somebody's foot. Um, DA said it's a, it feels like a day-to-day thing, but he also said, I'm not letting any ankle hold me back right now. He was also joking with Bismack Biombo in the locker room, like, I'm made of vibranium. I'm going to be okay. So hopefully it's just a nagging thing, and once he sleeps it off and feels better tomorrow, uh, it's not swollen or anything like that, but we'll probably need to wait until then to find out. Okay, uh, yeah, Gerald, I, we might uh, – oh, did it stop? Well, she muted it. Oh, you muted it. Okay, great. Uh, okay, great. Well, it, it sounds like you're in the middle of France and somebody just got injured behind you. So uh, we're having – we have the, the alarms a little can, bit. Uh, can you go back to disturbing. the media room and call us back? Because I think this is going to kill people on the podcast, Gerald. Yeah, I think that should be fine. All okay, right, we'll see you in a few minutes. <laughs> I swear somebody hit the panic button. Maybe. I, I like to imagine there's a giant oversized panic button, like a gorilla prop that, that, that they have hidden in a back room and somebody hit it. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, if there was a time to hit the panic button, I feel like it wouldn't be surprising if that uh, time was now. And sorry about that noise, everybody. This is the thing that sometimes you just can't. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. When crews inside the arena, whatever, for whatever reason, are doing things, they're going to be doing things. How many times have we had kids in the background of Gerald's thing? Because they're putting up shots on the floor. Louise, sorry that your dog lost its mind for that. <laughs> I, I'm not I even gonna. I'm, I'm not even gonna lie. If if my dogs, if my if my wife was watching this show right now, my dogs would be going crazy right now. Kyle, uh, send us the <laughs> send the us bill. the bill for your bleeding ears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, uh, that, what that just kind of encapsulates how tonight and, and the last couple yeah. of weeks have gone. You know? True. While Gerald is setting up to come back, is there anything that's uh? Been on y'all's mind lately? No. <laughs> that's a that's a complicated question. There. <laughs> Very been, open-ended. I've been fucking working on my pantry for like a day. <laughs> I mean, that's a positive. Oh, Did you get God. it done? We're back. Welcome to Pantry Talk with your host, <laughs> Saw Bookman. Don't worry, guys. So what it you want to like do Gerald's is you want to lay down the contact paper just like this. <laughs> you got to look for that expired food and then get rid of it. Dude, that's <laughs> the worst part, though. Like, low-key, I know this is probably tmi but last time i cleaned out my pantry i had food in there from like five years ago and i was like how have i not ever even one used it or looked at it enough to throw it away i just don't understand what's going on i think i think we're we're ready live from shawshank (laughs) do we need to play the intro again oh he's here welcome he's there (laughs) hi gerald Hey, guys. How's it going? That's better. (laughs) All right. Let's try this again. DA's ankle thing, because I hope everyone just like skipped over that sound. Yes. So uh, we talked to Monty and DA after the game in the locker room. Uh, They confirmed that it was a he tweaked his left ankle. He landed on somebody else's foot. Um, DA was saying it feels like a day to day thing. Um, But he was also joking with Bismack Biombo, like I'm made of vibranium. And he was saying, you know, he's not going to let an ankle hold him back right now. So we'll probably have to wait and see until tomorrow Um, with things like that. You never know. They could swell up overnight, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see until tomorrow to find out what his status is moving forward. Do you have do you have AirPods in right now? I can't see. 
Yes. You do have AirPods in? Oh, that's unfortunate because if DA was walking behind you, I'd be like, ditch the fucking Pumas. They're not working. Just scrap what, the deal. Yeah. Yeah. What super? What's the vibranium thing? What it, superhero is that? Vibranium is Wolverine. Oh, okay. I see. Gotcha. Or no, okay. that's adamantium. Excuse me. Vibranium is is Captain Black America's Panther. shield and Black Panther. Okay. Black Panther. Gotcha. Look at that. So I apologize to all my nerds and geeks out there. I will have penance later for it. Uh, Gerald, I said the other night that I thought that Dwayne Washington should get a little bit more burn. Um, so just so he can get his legs underneath him when you're playing extended minutes more than you ever have before. Um, what would, how would you assess his game tonight? And do you expect him to possibly jump into that starting lineup? Because I feel like that's the next move that needs to happen. I agree. I thought this should have been a case where he started tonight, um, obviously with the lack of ball handling and playmaking. But as he pointed out in postgame, he's to this point in his career mostly played off the ball. So this is kind of a new thing for him. And I would say it kind of showed up in his performance tonight. Obviously, he was huge in putting points on the board. He was the reason they were able to climb back into that game in that third quarter and cut it to one heading into the fourth. Um, so he played a great game overall. But he and Monty both agreed that his decision-making, uh, especially in that early stretch of the fourth quarter, he had a couple of turnovers. He had a, a layup that got blocked and another missed layup. It wasn't ideal for that situation not to say that he's the reason they lost the game or anything like that but it's part of a learning process for a young player who's 22 and obviously it comes at a really difficult time of the season when they need to start putting some wins on the board um but they really do need his shot making ability and just his willingness to take shots in general he's going to have off nights like we saw the other night i think he went five for 16 um but he was huge for them tonight and so hopefully we'll see more of him moving forward I'm not sure if we're going to see him in the starting lineup. It might be matchup dependent tonight. They went with a bigger dual big lineup because of the two seven footers that the Cavs have in their front court. Um, but we're just going to have to see moving forward. This is, this is definitely a golden opportunity for him to kind of find the right balance between doing what he does as a guy who puts up buckets and managing the team, which is what unfortunately they need him to do right now. I, I hear you. I hear you. I do. But um, and I just want the record to be shown that I I did give Landry a lot of praise tonight, mm-hmm. um, and I yeah. thought yeah, I, I'm not even bullshitting. For oh no, so much uh, so that I was concerned and I asked for help. Um, but what I will say is, is I, I do think that there's a difference between uh, somebody just managing the lineup and actually being a contributor. And I felt like Landry did the 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 former um, a little sure. too much. Like he's got to be more assertive if he's going to play the minutes that Monty's going to need him to play. Are you surprised that we didn't see D. Wash and Landry in the lineup at the same time very often? Yes and no. I, I think Monty is still trying to cling to this idea of keeping rotations as much intact as he possibly can. And I think that's the reason why he's bringing Wash off the bench and, and rotating like that. I am kind of surprised because at a certain point, you kind of just have to go with whatever's working, whatever's scoring. Um, he has, you can't fault him for trying new things or for the Suns' effort with all of these hodgepodge lineups that are being thrown out there. Uh, but yeah, at the same time, it, it would be good to see the two of them play together. I think maybe moving forward, if D-Wash does get a start, we probably will see the two of them in the starting lineup at some point. Yeah. So to clarify, the kind of Monty's thinking was D-Wash hasn't played distributor enough to have started him at point guard. Is that... Is that what you were saying? 
I think that's part of it, but I think the other part of it is he wants to maintain like certain guys in positions where they probably will be as the team starts to get healthy. So like Dwayne Washington, probably not going to be a starter. They need his firepower off the bench because without him, they don't have a ball handler unless you're bringing Landry Shaman off the bench. And at this point, he trusts Landry more than D wash in terms of managing the game. So that's probably what he's looking for because D wash is not a typical one guard. I know that we need his scoring and ball handling right now. Um, but I think from that perspective, he's looking for more of a game manager in that starting lineup. And for the bench, he wants to kind of let D wash go crazy a little bit with the scoring. Do you feel the irony in that though? Because Landry Shamit isn't that guy either. Yeah. He hasn't played m- much true one since college so to me, it feels like BS, and I'm not saying you, obviously, but I feel like yeah, I know. <laughs> this is grasp, grasping at straws, and the idea of being able to keep rotational things at this point, you're down to next to nothing. Like, at, at, at what point do you have to give that up and go, what's just going to give us the best chance here? Yeah. Uh, and I feel like we're at that point. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree. I, I think the Suns have an inflated sense of Landry Shamit's playmaking ability as far as being a facilitator. They <laughs> yeah, always, they always go back to <laughs> they always God, go Shamit. back to his time in college and how he was a point guard at Wichita State. Well, being a point guard in college is a lot different <laughs> than being one in the NBA. Shocker. Um, so I, I, oh come on, that's that's a terrible pun. That's a me, that's a me pun. That's oh, I've had multiple ones. Been on your I've been harnessing tonight, my Gerald. inner Gerald today. I don't know whether to be proud or scared of what's coming. It's next. just yes. so bizarre. <laughs> yes, you should be both. <laughs> anyway, sorry we didn't mean to interrupt you. I thought you were going to keep going. My bad, Gerald. <laughs> okay, no, but no, I did have a question because. Brittany brought up something in the chat early on, and I'm guessing it came from some tweets that you had shared once you spoke with Monty. So Brittany said, I'm still annoyed with Monty's comments on D-Wash's performance tonight. Still can't give him full credit for the push. Shows why you didn't play him in past games more to build that trust and development. Was there anything said from Monty about D-Wash as far as like, I mean, did it just like feel like Monty just didn't want to give him a lot of praise or? No, no, not at all. I I think that quote. Was it like a written context thing? It was a long quote. And so I got the parts of it that I could that were essential to me, a part of the quote. But there was a lot more context to it. So I can explain that now. He was talking about how they needed D-Wash's scoring tonight. um, And obviously he was huge for them off the bench um, and he was just saying the obvious that Dwash came up and said himself afterwards when he came to the podium was that he got into trouble a couple of times when he got into the paint. A couple of those turnovers, especially in the fourth, proved to be costly when they pushed the lead back up to 10. Um, and so it, it's, it's a learning process for a young guy. They're aware of the fact that he's 22. They're aware of the fact that he doesn't normally handle the ball this much. He's more of an off guard. Um, so this is all part of his growing pains uh, that a lot of guys on this team are going through. You want to talk about D.A., like he's never seen this much defensive attention uh, or double teams as he's been seeing over these last couple weeks. Mikhail Bridges, we've talked about his struggles. He was a lot better tonight, but it's been really up and down for him. Like there are a lot of guys that are playing out of positions, out of their comfort zone, and Monty keeps going back to he's hopeful that this process, if they can get whole and get back on a roll with enough time, will prove to be beneficial in the long run. Um, so D-Wash is another guy like that. You can tell that he's a younger player. He's going to make mistakes, um, but they're going to take advantage of his opportunity right now to play through those mistakes. 
Gerald, are we getting to a point, and, and you may not know the answer to this, but I, are we getting to a point where you're going to have to convert Dwayne Washington Jr. Uh, from the two-way? Because he's already played, I believe tonight was his 24th game that he played. Yeah. You can play 50, and then as a two-way, you're out. I mean, I feel yeah. like we're going to have to start considering that because he's likely seeing minutes at least for the next 10 games uh, while they wait. Have you heard anything on that? I haven't heard anything on that, but that's literally the only silver lining I can think of to the fact that they still have the 15th roster spot wide open um, because it, they are going to get up there, especially with as many injuries as they're dealing with. And that it's not just for Dwayne Washington either. Ish Wainwright is going to be getting a lot of games under his belt here soon. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're definitely going to have to convert one of them or stop playing them. And right now they can't afford to stop playing either one of them. Anything else, Gerald, that stood out to you from the guys? Yeah, I mean, we, we talked to Jock Landale in, in the locker room as well, and I kind of asked him how it's been, because I know we haven't heard from him in a while, how it's been with the inconsistent minutes, kind of, you know, alternating him and Bismack Biombo. And he was saying him and Bizzy have a good understanding uh, as far as, like, whatever's best for the team. He said it's hard to get used to at first, but he's never had a coach like Monty who will tell him straight up before the game, hey, we're going with the other guy or, hey, we're going with you tonight. Um, so he did appreciate that kind of transparency as far as the inconsistency in his minutes. Um, but he said it's, it's all about a we, not a me. And that's just a mindset that he's having to adjust to trying to stay ready, even though he's not sure on a night to night basis, which one of them is going to be getting the nod. At this point, I'll take a little bit more me than we. Well, you have to at this point. With, I mean, this, with this particular situation. There's yeah. less and less weed to, to go true. on with all these guys injured. Did you yeah. say weed or weed? We. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, well, there's probably less and less weed, too. You need to feel a little bit better. So. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Gerald. We appreciate all the updates that you have shared with us tonight. Thank you, everyone, for joining us uh, for this post-game show. If you are in the chat, we appreciate you guys being here and engaging with us. If you are listening to this wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review because it helps us out a lot. And we'll see you tomorrow at 3 p.m. We will have another live show for you on our YouTube page. But, of course, if you can't make it at that time frame, you can always catch it on whatever platform you get your podcast. Brighter days are ahead, folks. It's going to be okay. Yeah, it'll be all right. Until we see you next time, you can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman, and you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. It could always be worse. We could be the Cardinals. Ahoy, hoy. Hey, yo, my lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control, and he ain't never going to let go. PHNX, though. Lindsey, Gerald, Espo. Saul passed the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. Y'all always rep the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G.